Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the final four is not on the schedule. He is Rod. I am Cameron. And we are back with the Big Ten preseason preview. Uh, and today, Rod, we have Michigan. Um, so we're getting creeping up closer to probably the biggest Michigan-Michigan State football game we've seen in years. Uh, but they come in with another strong lineup. Of course, they got some huge guys back. Hunter Dickinson. Um, Eli Brooks is back. Uh they finished the season last year 23 and 5, 14 and 3, which was first place in the Big 10. Um but we got them second this year. Uh so what's yeah, your thoughts coming in here? And I and I'll I'll go through why, but but look, they seem to be the more popular choice to win the Big 10. Mm-hmm. Um I'm picking Purdue and it's by a narrow margin, but there are reasons for it. Now I'll, I'll go through those um Primarily, it comes down to this. Michigan has a lot of personnel changes. You mentioned guys they got coming back, but they lost a lot. A lot. Yeah. And they bring in a recruiting class that everybody loves. At one point, it was considered the best in the country. It, it didn't end up being that way because of some late additions to Memphis and some other schools. But still, a really good class, and they augmented it by getting a transfer to, at point guard, a position they needed. Uh, that a lot of people like. So I understand the reasons why people are enamored of them and credit to Juwan Howard. He had a great year and unlike Illinois and pretty much unlike everybody else in the big 10, he followed up a great regular season with a decent tournament run. You know, they got all the way to the elite eight before, um, before UCLA ended their season the same way they ended Michigan States. And it was close, went right down to the wires some questionable decisions from some important Michigan players, I think really cost them in that game. Uh, but but all that said, you can't really bag on the job that, that Howard did last year. He wins the Big Ten his second season, gets to an Elite Eight, and has their recruiting humming at a pretty good level, um, and also was proven, at least last year, to be really adept in the transfer portal. I mean, I think that um, – I think that – you know, we've seen it with Michigan State football. You mentioned it a second ago, how important that is in the modern era to be able to look at weaknesses on your roster and address them. But it's not just as simple as just picking guys based on stats. Yeah. And and I think Howard did a really good job of that last year. You got to give him his due of identifying needs that his team had and, and then going out and finding guys who could actually address them. You know, they, they weren't the big, big, big name additions, you know, um, Mike Smith and Chaundy Brown, well, you know, Chaundy Brown had had a good profile as a, as a prep player, but he wasn't a huge, huge deal at Wake Forest. Yeah. And Mike Smith put up big numbers, but it was at Columbia mm-hmm. in the Ivy league. And he was a short, you know, not super fast point guard. So 
it was not a no-brainer that those guys would work out. I was, particularly with Smith, I was very skeptical of that coming into the season, and he proved me dead wrong. You know, it's he, he is the most obvious example of a guy transferring up who actually made it work, who changed his game in order to make it work. But that's fine. That was last year. Now you got to do it again. And you're plugging a transfer and a lot of freshmen into some of these holes. And people, I think, to some extent, are a little bit uh, a little bit too relaxed about the the notion that it will just automatically happen again. Mm. I, I'm, I'm not convinced of that. I think Michigan should be very good. If for no other reason, some of the guys they're bringing back are very good. But are they a championship-level team in this conference? I contrast them with Purdue, who has added some nice pieces, but essentially brings everybody back from mm-hmm. a team that was pretty damn good at the end of the season last year. It, to me, that's not a tough choice. I'm always going to go with continuity. you know. But Michigan's going to be in the mix. Let, let's be clear about that. Yep. Uh, so the big one they lose, Isaiah Livers, 13.1 points a game, six rebounds. Um, you know, by far his best year in that category. 46 from the floor, 43 from three, and 87 from the line. Yeah, you know, he's a good player. He's he's on the Pistons roster this year. I'm a, I was a little bit surprised, I, I, and I still think, you know, he's not going to be healthy until November, uh, which – is kind of par for the course for Isaiah Livers' career. The, the the problem that he's had in his last, well, really his whole Michigan career, mm. has been staying healthy. Yeah. When he's healthy, he's a load because he's always been able to hit deep shots. And you know, you mentioned that rebounding number is by far the best he'd ever had in his career. I think, I think he's a guy, and there have been a few of them at Michigan. Uh, who really did benefit from the coaching change. He was a good player under John Beeline, but I'm not sure he makes that jump in terms of his rebounding if he's not playing for a guy like Juwan Howard who's, who's going to demand it. Yeah. Um, so he's a hole. Now they, you know, they could say, well, when we went on tournament run, we didn't have him because he was hurt. And that's true. But I, I just think over the long haul, that that's a guy you're going to miss. Mm-hmm. And they've got some candidates to replace him, but, you know, a senior who's done it for years, that, that's a tough thing to replace. Uh, and then also their uh, point guard, Mike Smith, who came in from Columbia, uh, had a, a really an outstanding year, 41-42 and 79 from the line, 3-1 um, to one assist to turnover ratio. He was he yeah. was outstanding for them. I mean, that's probably really, the biggest surprise really of the whole year. He really was. And, and here was the thing. He, at Columbia, he was a high-volume scorer. He's a 20-point-plus-per-game guy. But he didn't do it very efficiently. He wasn't a great percentage shooter from deep. And he was a he was a guy who had high usage. You know, he had to set the ball in his hands all the time because Columbia was a bad team. The only way they had a chance to be competitive was if Mike Smith carried them. And I looked at that and thought, boy, that just does not bode well. Yeah, for what Michigan needed, because Michigan to me just needed. They had a lot of weapons. They needed a guy who could set the table, who could create, who could hold the thing together offensively, pitch in with occasional scoring. But that's a very different player profile-wise than what Mike Smith was at Columbia. 
credit to Juwan Howard because he saw something I sure didn't, and that's why he's getting paid to do this, and I'm talking for free. <laughs> um, but uh, Mike Smith changed his game. You know, to jump up to a 42% shooter from three, remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, reined in his whole approach to playing, focused on being a distributor. That 3-1 assist to turnover ratio, outstanding. You know, something they really needed. And you put that kind of guy at the point with a team with that number of weapons, um, the same the number of weapons that Michigan had, that's a that's a great equation, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so he was, yeah, I think he was the single biggest reason they won the Big Ten. You know, people talk about Hunter Dickinson because of the size and the numbers he put up, but man, for for my money, if you don't have Mike Smith orchestrating that thing, you don't win it. Mm-hmm. Not in last year's Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, and then they lose Franz Wagner, 6'9 wing, 12.5 points a game, 6.5 rebounds, uh, 48, 34, and 84 from the line. He winds up getting drafted fairly high. Yeah. Like yeah. nine or something I, like that. I, I just don't buy it. I really don't. I mean, I know a lot of people talk him up as an elite defender. I've never seen it. And I've, I've seen him play a lot, right? I saw two years worth yeah. of basketball from him. And, and I just do not believe um I, I it's the same thing that people i think people want to assume that he is a great shooter because he's european and because his brother was a pretty good shooter for a big man mm-hmm. but the facts are he's never done it 34 percent from three is okay but if you're talking about him as a pro that doesn't bode well for him no and he, he was basically that or a little worse as a freshman and I don't think he shot it particularly well in his play in Germany before that. So at some point, don't we kind of have to decide, hey, maybe he actually isn't a great shooter. Mm-hmm. I didn't Look, he was very versatile, you know, 12.5 and 6.5 and, and at least good defense. I'll give him credit for that. Um, that's all really important. You know, that's high level versatile production. So I'll give him his due. It's just uh, he rubbed me the wrong way. Not so much because of anything to do with him. He was a far less obnoxious player than his older brother. There's no doubt about that. Um, but mostly because of the, the things that people tried to talk themselves into believing about him. That's what irritated me about Franz Wagner mm. is I just never bought it. Yeah. And I still don't. And we're going to see what kind of pro he makes, but I'm not going to be surprised if he's not a long-term guy in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Because I, I have a lot of questions. Uh, and then Shondi Brown, 6'5", transfer from Wake Forest, comes in, 49 from the floor, 42 from 369, uh, eight points game. Yeah, another really good, really good addition. And the, and the key there is you take a guy who was one of the featured players at Wake and you bring him in to be a, a rotation guy, not even a starter at Michigan, and he accepts it and thrives in the role. That's big time. He's another guy like Smith really improved his jump shooting. The book on him was questionable jump shooter, really good defender. Well, he was a really good defender and a versatile one, but 42% from three on decent volume. Hey, that that's near the ceiling of what you could have realistically expected. So another really astute pickup for Michigan in the transfer portal and a key one because they needed that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was big down the stretch for them. Absolutely. Uh, and then Austin Davis, uh, is finally gone. Um, 
5.4 points a game, 2.8 rebounds in 12 minutes, shot 71% from the floor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, again, another guy really benefited, I think, from the coaching change because Juwan Howard believes in the value of the old school around-the-basket post-playing big man, and that's all Austin Davis was ever capable of being. He was just never going to be a modern five. That was just never going to happen. But he didn't have to be to play minutes for Juwan Howard. And, you know, 71% from the floor, that just means you know your game extremely well and you don't ever play outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. And there's a role for that, you know. Uh, He understood who he was and he understood how he had to play in order to help Michigan. And that plus his experience level, that's going to be missed as well. That's a hell of a security blanket to have for, you know, 12 minutes a night. Mm -hmm. So then the guys they're bringing back, Hunter Dickinson, obviously is the big one, uh, 7'1", 260, led them in scoring and rebounding, 14 and, and 7 and a half a, a game. Um, you know, but he only averaged 26 minutes a game. Yeah, that's but that's, I, I think that's, I think that's about at the, at the upper end of what you could realistically expect. I, I think in the preseason last year where I had questions about him were in two areas. I had seen him play in AAU. So I knew that he was good offensively. He's obviously a massive human being. I think I compared him to a slightly slim down Isaac Haas. And I'll, I'll stand by that. Um, he just takes up a lot of space. Right. Mm-hmm. But the questions were how, how does he adjust defensively? How well can he guard out on the floor? And he's put in a blender and pick and roll situations. And, um, what is his conditioning? Like what, how many minutes does it allow him to play? So to me, 26 minutes a game, hey, before he's ever had a full year in a conditioning program, that's that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I would expect that to be improved this year. Um, you know, the question is, what does he do for an encore? Uh, and again, just like with Coburn, uh, one question I have is, okay, he's gotten feedback now. So he knows that some of the problems from the NBA's perspective with him is some of the stuff I talked about, that he's never going to be a great defender at their level. So, But I don't think there's much he can do about that. I just think he is who he is physically, and that's kind of it. But they also talk about, well, he doesn't do much away from the basket. Does that mean, and I've read stuff about this, that, oh, Hunter's worked on his three-point shot in the offseason. Really? Well, <laughs> as an opponent, Every three-point attempt he puts up, I'm treating as a victory. Mm. You know, he's going to have to absolutely prove that he can damage you from there before you guard that. You know, I just don't believe it until I see it. Maybe he'll prove me wrong again. But um, to me, his value is exactly the way they used him last year. You let him sit in the paint, you get him the ball, and you let him go to work. Because he's going to finish at a high rate and do a lot of damage down there. Um, so I, I think that's the thing. You would expect that Michigan will utilize him even more because you've lost these guys like Levers, like Smith, like Brown, who are big parts of the offense. You've got to replace that score, Wagner. I can't forget Wagner. That's four guys. Mm. You know, This is getting at why you lose four, got four of your top, what, seven players? Six players, 
that's a lot to replace. You know, if you're talking about just coronating them as the as the as the favorite again, this is why I have a problem with it. Mm. There's a lot they've lost. On the flip side, the guy you've got back, Dickinson, I think you have to feed him the ball even more. Mm. You have to look to make him a bigger part of what you do and and get even more out of him. But again, he's got to play smart basketball. He's got to be who he actually is, not who he might want to be. Yeah. I would yeah. trust I would trust in Juwan Howard to with a big man especially to not let that get out of hand. But, you know, it's something you got to you got to wonder about. Mm-hmm. Uh then they also bring Eli Brooks back uh for a COVID year. 62 guard, um 9.5 points per game, 30 or 43, 40 and 91. But he's he's kind of emerged himself as the leader uh yeah. on this team. Yeah, and and it's a big deal that he came back to be a super senior for them because now you've got a guy who started a ton of games, has found a level of consistency in his play, which wasn't there when he was younger. I mean, 40% from three, nine and a half points a game, you'll take that all day long. I think they'll ask for a little more from him mm. offensively. Uh, and he's a really good and versatile defender. So my my only question with Eli Brooks has always been, if they have to play him at point guard, it's a problem because I don't think he's a good point guard. And I think it negatively affects him to be playing there, to not be able to just focus on being a, a scorer off the ball and a defender. But now, to, you know, we saw it at Michigan State last year, right? Yeah. What did it do to Rocket Watts to have that? With some guys handle it and some guys don't. Eli Brooks never fell off a cliff the way Rocket did. But in my observation, I don't think ever did him or his team any favors to play him at the point, which they tried to do at earlier stages in his career. Mm. I think last year where he was off the ball pretty exclusively, you know, he he would sub in a little bit to give Smith blows occasionally, but that's the most he should see at the point. And with the roster, the way it is for them, I don't think he should have to do more than that. Mm. Uh, And then they get Brandon Johns, six, seventh senior, uh, back 4.9 points a game, 2.3 rebounds, um, 53 from the floor, 37 from three, and 80 from the line. You know, that kind of production is what I thought he could be when he was coming out of high school because he was a decent shooter then. You know, I really thought that, you know, Beeline recruited him to be a Michigan four, which meant kind of a finesse four. Uh-huh. And I understood why Johns wanted to play that way um, because the the knock on him was always that he didn't want to do the dirty work. That was the problem, you know, but I really thought he had it in him to be a wing. Now that has not manifested. He's pretty much exclusively a four or five, um, a a very small, small ball five, but he has played that spot. Mm -hmm. But what I give Juwan Howard credit for is Brandon Johns is another guy that I think has really benefited from the coaching change. Because after his second year at Michigan, I thought he was done. I thought he was utterly lost under Beeline. He had no semblance of a clue how to how to play in Beeline's thing and find a role for himself. And, and now, or I guess that would be after his freshman season, mm-hmm. he was utterly lost. The last, you know, his sophomore year under Howard, he made some strides, and last year he made more. I don't know that he'll be a starter. I think he could be, 
It kind of depends whether they want to go with experience or their youthful talent. But regardless, he's going to play a, a role. And, you know, given that um, given that they've lost uh, Austin Davis, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's actually a primary backup at the five. Mm. He might have to be. Uh, and then Terrence Williams, 6'6 sophomore. Uh, he wound up playing in 21 games, averaging just under two points, uh, just a little bit over two rebounds a game, 36 seven from uh, three and 55 from the line. Yeah. The, the M hype train got rolling early with this kid because he had a couple <laughs> of good games in the beginning of the season. Then he yeah. fell off a cliff. You, you mentioned the 7% from three. I, look, I still think he's probably got a future because I could see the potential. You know, he looks like a guy who's never going to be great in any one area, but he plays hard. He's got um, a certain amount of versatility to him. He's he's got to improve that that deep shooting. But um, you know, I, it won't surprise me if he manages to eke his way into some minutes this year, maybe a little more consistently than he did as a freshman, because he was a guy who was doing some things in the non-conference, and then Big Ten play came around. It was a lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't playing a lot. Uh, and then Zeb Jackson, 6'3", sophomore guard. Um, a fairly highly touted guy coming in, but he didn't do much last year. Only a, one point per game, 19 from the floor, 15 and 57 from the line. Yeah, I, I've read some stuff that, and it's you have to take it with a grain of salt, it's, it's Michigan-oriented uh, coverage. The claims that he's made strides. And they think he they think he can be a pretty effective backup this year. I'm going to have to see that. He was a kid who was never more highly regarded than when he was a high school, maybe heading into his junior year, mm-hmm. which is when he committed to Michigan. Michigan State was recruiting him too. And he committed to Michigan early under Beeline, stuck with the commitment for under Howard. He had a terrible senior year of high school. He went to Montverde, I believe. I think that's where he played. Um, he wasn't even a starter, which those teams are loaded with talent. But, you know, if you're not starting, even at a prep school like that, that's a red flag if you're going to be a contributor early at a place like Michigan, right? Yeah. And, and then last year, they really had a need for someone to step up and play some minutes because, again, they didn't want to have to play Brooks there if they could avoid it, backing up Mike Smith. And he just was totally unable to do the job. Couldn't shoot as you, you I mean, you mentioned the numbers that horrific. Um, I didn't <laughs> think he looked comfortable with the ball in his hand. I, I wasn't buying him as a point guard. He's reasonably athletic and he's got good size at six, three. Those are the positives. Um, we'll see if it's true that he's actually made strides though. Mm-hmm. I think there's a likely the way it, it sorts out is it's a battle between him and one of their freshmen, Frankie Collins, for that backup spot. So we'll see who wins it. Uh, and then they still have Adrian Nunez, uh 6'6 senior coming back. Yeah. Uh, his, his, what he's known for mostly at this point is a very big social media following. Uh, he was recruited by Beeline as a shooter. He's never managed to shoot well. And I, I just don't see it changing. I think he's a guy at the end of the bench and, you know, follow his Instagram account. That's about as much as he's worth as a player. <laughs> uh, and then Jace Howard, uh, 
son of Juan, 6'6", um, in a walk-on. He's back. Are we yeah, expecting anything from him? I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, I think he's still got physical development to come if he's going to be a guy who actually gets in the rotation regularly at Michigan. But, you know, this wasn't a nepotism move. I mean, he's a he's a kid who, at least in terms of his recruiting profile, was very comparable to guys that Michigan State has brought in as preferred walk-ons, you know, like a Kenny Goins um, or an Austin Thornton, guys who had a bunch of mid-major offers and could have gone that way. Mm-hmm. Or, or Jason Witten's on this year's team who started for a couple of years at Western. You know, Michigan State offered him as a preferred walk-on. Yeah. He opted at a high school. He opted to take the scholarship at Western, and now he's at MSU as a preferred walk-on. You know, um, so – He's very much in that mold. And and sometimes, as with Austin Thornton, especially as with Kenny Goins, those guys actually develop into really, really important players. So Jace Howard's young enough. I don't rule anything out. He just hasn't shown it yet. But in terms of where his profile was, he's a guy who could be playing on scholarship at the D1 level somewhere else. Mm. Uh, so then for newcomers um... – they get in a transfer from Coastal Carolina, right down here in Myrtle Beach. Uh, Devontae Jones, 6'1". Uh, he was the player of the year in the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, shot 37% from three. Um, pretty big get for them, point guard. Critical. Um, obviously, with Smith moving on, you know, they have a freshman coming in. They had Zeb Jackson, but... They, they were not sold on those guys being enough for them to contend in the Big Ten and, and be a presence nationally. And so Howard went out for the second year in a row and hit the portal to get a point guard. This guy has some positives around him. You know, he went into the NBA draft after he announced he was transferred to Michigan. He, he was stayed in the draft mm-hmm. um, and got some pretty good feedback. He did not end up staying in. But he was pretty well regarded, and I think there was a feeling that he might have ended up, if he'd stayed in, maybe would have been drafted in the back end, probably ended up on a two-way deal. I, I think that was that seemed to be in the cards from what I was reading. Mm-hmm. So that gives you some hope if you're Michigan. But you've still got the same questions, and I'm going to say the same thing at MSU about Tyson Walker, even though I'm very excited about what he brings. Anytime you're dealing with a transfer, it's like we talked about with Mike Smith. You got a guy who's been one thing in another environment, and now it's totally different. Not just the system you're running, but the talent you're playing with, the way you have to fit into it. And especially when you're a point guard, all these things have magnified importance. Mm -hmm. Right? So we're not going to know until we see how Devontae Jones actually fits. There's a lot of reason for optimism if you're you're Michigan because of the things I said. He was player of the year in the Sun Belt. Um, You mentioned shot 37% from three last year as a junior. And fairness, he was only 30% the year before. So it's not like there's a career's worth of great shooting. But, you know, Mike Smith was a guy who was a low-percentage shooter at Columbia, and it was all different when he was playing at Michigan and taking fewer but better shots. Mm. I think the bigger thing, though, is he's supposed to be, again, similar to Michigan, what Michigan State thinks they've gotten in Tyson Walker. Jones is a rep as a high-level pick-and-roll guard. If he is that, 
and he can make that transition from being the guy to being a guy, um, then Michigan may have something. They may have their answer. What you wonder about is a guy who was already flirting with the NBA. Does he see this as his chance to shine and maybe tries to do too much? Eh, you don't know. I, on paper, it's a pretty good attempt at addressing the issue, though. Yep. Uh, so that's the one transfer they got. The rest of these guys are freshmen. Um, yeah. So Caleb Houston, 6'8". He's a top 10 ranked forward from Canada coming in. Yeah, and and lots of accolades. You know, big-time shooters rep, solid rebounders, some positional versatility. I think he can play the three or the four. Um, to me, he looks like an obvious solution to replacing Isaiah Livers kind of a similar guy in terms of profile I'm not I saw him play a little bit uh last last winter on TV saw him I think three times uh once at least was against uh Jaden Aiken's team at Sunrise Christian uh, he never I never saw him be just a knockdown like oh my god kind of shooter I'd read about mm. I saw him hit some shots, but he wasn't. He was good. He wasn't great. Uh, we'll see what he is facing collegiate defenders. I don't know that I'd buy him as a guy who's going to do a lot of damage with the ball in his hands. I think primarily you're going to be talking about three-point shooting, and you hope you get some quality defense and rebounding out of him. But obviously top ten recruit, they're assuming he's a one-and-done. So that comes with expectations, Right. Michigan probably needs him to live up to a lot of those. Uh, and then they get uh, Mose Diabate. Diabate? Diabate. Diabate. Yep. 6'11", 2'10", forward. Um, another huge recruit uh, and length, 7'3". Yeah, and, you know, highly regarded, but that length is there. Very good athlete for the position. High boater. The question marks strength and and also that he's not yet a consistent shooter. Now, again, I've read some Michigan-oriented press that suggests he's been really impressive in the preseason. Um, we need to see it. Guys mm-hmm. with his profile often tend to struggle early um, because of the lack of strength. Yeah, but. Who knows? He may be an exception to that. I think he's going to play regardless. To me, the only question is, you know, is he a guy that they decide to start at the four and then maybe they move Houston to the three? Um, or is he a guy who's coming off the bench? Mm-hmm. You know, those are the questions. Uh, and then Kobe Bufkin, 6'4 combo guard from Grand Rapids. Guy we've talked about quite a bit on him going back for yeah. quite a ways now. Yeah, he's he's a really good player. I like him a lot. He had a lot of injury problems last year. It, it limited him as a senior at Grand Rapids uh, Christian. But when he's healthy, he's got a world of potential. He's a very good athlete. I, I wouldn't put him in quite the elite range. I would say he's maybe a, just a shade beneath someone like Jade Nakins. But it's but he's good. He's a good athlete. Um, he can shoot. I think. Um, Good enough ball handler that I don't think you'd ever want him exclusively as your point guard, but I think he could help you there as a reserve or a pinch. Uh, but he's going to be more valuable to you as a wing. Mm-hmm. There's 
no doubt in my mind about that. And because of the way he approaches the game and his athleticism, I think he's got the potential to be a good defender. The question mark early is going to be two things to me. One, um, is he fully recovered? Is he totally straight health-wise? And two, uh, is his strength uh, an issue? He's he's not a very big kid. Same, same question as with Jade Nakins, right? Mm. Um, is he strong enough for all of that athleticism and skill to fully show through, or does he need some time to kind of get there physically? Yeah. But I, I really like his future. He's a guy I liked a lot. Mm. Uh, and then Frankie Collins, who's a point guard, 6'1", out of Las Vegas, mm. comes in. Yeah, you know, to me, I think it's he or Zeb Jackson as the backups to Jones at the point. Uh, really good athlete, a guy with good playmaking skills and instincts. Word on him is he can't shoot very well. Mm. And so... You know, how does how does all that check out vis-a-vis Jackson and earning that backup role? I, I think that remains to be seen. But I do think there's a chance that he could play some early. Mm-hmm. And then Isaiah Barnes, six seven wing out of Chicago. Yeah, um, kind of an unheralded guy. These last two guys in the class were not guys with top 100 profiles, but they really like him as an athlete. They think he's got the potential to develop his ball skills as well. Uh, I would assume on this team, you're probably not talking about very many minutes being available. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm guessing this is more of a developmental year for him. And Will Shetter, uh, 6'8", product of Minnesota. Yeah, this was a weird one to me because to me, this guy looked like a vintage John Beeline recruit. You know, his his reputation, you know, not a top 100 guy. And his reputation was as a really good shooter who also likes to do some dirty work, throw his body around a little bit, but not an athlete, not really a ball handler, you know, kind of is going to have to be a small ball four type from what I've, I've read. Um, and that just doesn't seem like the kind of guy that, that Jawan Howard has prioritized, but we'll just have to see, you know, there's a lot of guys in the mix inside of I me. Mean, when you look at Dickinson and Johns and Terrence Williams, and then and then you're talking about Houston and Diabate as well. Um, it doesn't seem to me like there's a lot of room at the four or the five. So probably as with Barnes, it's a developmental year, but it'll be interesting to see if he emerges for them. Mm-hmm. So I and that's pretty much it for the lineup. Um, Rod, a lot of a lot of people have Michigan picked as number one. You have them at two. Um, they got a pretty good recruiting class. They got some guys back. What what's uh, what do you think they're lacking to to be in that number one spot? Well, I think look, this is what I would say: Is it possible to see a world where Michigan wins the Big Ten this year? Absolutely. But if you're if you're talking about picking it now, I'm always going to go with proven production at this level over maybes and and let's also get something clear michigan's gotten a lot of mileage out of this recruiting class but it's not like we're talking about classes like duke or kentucky has had over the last 10 years that's not this group you know houston is the only guy who's seen as i understand it as a likely one and done i think even diabate they figure physically is probably going to need at least two years. Now we'll see if he's, 
accelerated that at all. But, um, you know, that, that's what we're not talking about, you know, four first rounders in that class. Instead, it's more of a conventional old school, good recruiting class where you've got, you know, maybe a star or two at the top, couple other guys who can probably help you early, but will be better as upperclassmen, you know, like Buffkin, maybe Collins, mm-hmm. um, and then a couple of developmental guys who are moonshots and maybe they pan out, maybe they don't. That That's not the kind of class we think of in the modern era as a number one class. And yet they need a lot of that because you look at the proven production coming back. Yes, Dickinson and, and Brooks are great places to start, but it kind of stops there too. I mean, Brandon Johns was, was fine as a, as a reserve and, you know, he'll be a decent player for them this year, but that's really it. You're talking about three guys who did anything of consequence mm-hmm. for Michigan last year. So when you put all that together, that tells me there are still a lot of question marks. And Juwan Howard hasn't been doing this long enough for me to just default to assuming, well, he's going to make it work. Yeah, He might. He might, but I- I'm not there yet. I'm just not there yet. Um, I like their team. Anytime you got a weapon like Dickinson in the middle and a veteran like Brooks around, that's a great place to start. But no, I, I can't, I can't understand really how anyone can look at the profiles of Michigan and Purdue and think that Michigan deserves to be picked ahead of Purdue. Mm-hmm. Um, it might end up that way, but I'm not there yet. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, that'll do it for Michigan. Until next time, the Final Four is not on the schedule. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.